I'm really sorry about the choices that were made by my team, by the organization, and by me. I've learned from this, and I hope to regain the trust of baseball fans. I feel bad about what happened in, in 2017. We especially feel remorse for the impact in our fans and the game of baseball. Our team is determined to, to move forward and to bring back a championship to Houston in, in 2020. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. 1-800-849-2761. College basketball, Duke, State, Carolina, Wake, and otherwise. Big games await on Saturday for them and others. Some Sunday. Baseball question related to the audio you just heard. With more and more current and former members of the Cheatin' Houston Astros offering their apologies for their illegal sign-stealing scandal that included their 2017 World Series championship season. Do you accept their apologies? Are you skeptical about their authenticity? Why or why not? You can chime in at 1-800-849-2761. A lot of doubters toward the owner, Jim Crane, who even said he wasn't sure that the Astros got a competitive advantage. He just wasn't ready to admit that, although he did admit breaking rules and apologizing for that. That was Alex Bregman and then Jose Altuve, the Astros players whose voices you just heard there. The other question involves NBA hoops. Where is LeBron James, 35 years old, on your MVP ballot right now? Guy had 32 points, 14 assists, and 12 rebounds last night as the Lakers beat the Nuggets in Denver. He's not only an all-star again for the 16th time, he's a captain again. He and Giannis Antetokounmpo, among his best competition for MVP honors, of course. Nowadays, they do that draft of the All-Stars on national TV. They'll be there in Chicago. Anthony Davis has a homecoming of sorts as an All-Star with the Lakers, who's from Chicago. Last night was LeBron's 12th triple-double of the season. That is tied for most in the NBA. His Lakers are leading the West, and he is leading the way, just as Giannis is with the East-leading Bucks. 1-800-849-2761. I think LeBron's getting less love than he should. Benjamin in Raleigh not only wants in on our baseball question, he has a relative who has been in the Houston Astros organization in recent years. That may offer an interesting perspective. We'll get to Gary. We'll get to you. 1-800-849-2761. I'll follow up on the Drew Pearson has called new Michigan State football coach Mel Tucker a con man. Mel Tucker, then the Colorado coach, promised Drew Pearson he would not bail on his grandson if his grandson signed with the Colorado Buffaloes. Well, grandson signed, and within a matter of weeks, Mel Tucker was leaving Colorado to take the Michigan State job. Drew is hammering him on Twitter, calling Mel Tucker a con man, among other unpleasant things. Benjamin, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Yes, uh, I have a family member who was with the Astros organization from 17, 18, 19. Okay. Um, first started out in, in uh, rookie ball in Florida, went to Bowie's Creek before they became the uh, Fayetteville Woodpeckers, and he actually had gone up to AA and AAA, so he knows a lot of guys who yeah. are in the big league. And what struck me was he would tell us when we would see him, you know, end of the year or family reunions, that he, was, he felt like he was getting a little bit um, – not the same opportunity as some guys. And he said a lot of it was he would see those guys doing things that maybe weren't legal, you know, PEDs, things like that, that the Astros organization, in his opinion. Now, 
this could just be, you know, sour grapes and, and didn't make it to the big league yet. Right. But he was seeing those kind of guys get ahead and the Astros not really policing that like they should. Interesting. Well, that's not a new concept in baseball either. There were a whole lot of people turning their cheeks and looking the other way uh, in the Mark McGuire PED era and otherwise. I mean, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are still on the outside looking in as Hall of Fame candidates because they've been tied to PEDs, and they're two of the greatest players of the history of the sport, but they're, what, seven or eight years into their eligibility for the Hall of Fame ballot, and enough writers just will not cross that line that they're on the outside looking in. So who knows? I mean, maybe the steroid-using guys' numbers were better and got them promotions, but you still have the blind eye at the top, where if I'm your relative, I'm complaining too. I'm I'm not happy about that. I'm trying to do it the right way. And maybe one of the biggest reasons somebody else is getting the promotion that I didn't get is because he's flat-out cheating. Again, PED use is not a gray area. It once was in some contexts. It's not anymore. And a lot of folks forget with the sign-stealing stuff, it's not a gray area. We got a couple calls today. Oh, why is other? Why are other forms of sign-stealing legal if this form is illegal? Well, because they decided not to allow you to use technology to steal signs. If you want to do it the old-fashioned way, you can still get away with stealing catcher signs and other signs. They drew a clear line. The Astros crossed that clear line. And now some are accepting their apologies and some are not. Benjamin, thank you for your unique perspective. Johnny is in the triangle and next on the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, Johnny, go right ahead, man. You're on with David Glenn. Oh, no, I didn't realize. Okay, wow. Hey, what's no, up, David Glenn? Um, no problem. Go ahead. No, nah, I just wanted to say I think all the apologies that they're giving out are just crocodile tears. Like, I don't really think they're genuine at all, any of them, just because if you were really that apologetic about it, you wouldn't have did it in the first place. It's like when you cheat on your wife. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I don't even love it. Like, but you already won the championship, and they didn't take it away. If they would have took your championship away, yeah. I guarantee you the players wouldn't be apologizing so profusely. And, and you know, they, they still have that title. So, I mean, there were other repercussions, and the manager lost his job, et cetera. I, it's hard to – it's kind of a case-by-case basis. I mean, you use an example, cheating on your wife, et cetera. When I listen to Justin Verlander, and I don't know if you heard all these comments, but the great pitcher Justin Verlander said today, once I spent some time and understood what was happening – I wish I had said more to his own Astros teammates when he was aware of their cheating. Again, he's a pitcher, so he's not part of this whole sign-stealing scam. He said, I can't go back and reverse my decision. I do now wish I had said more, and I didn't say more. And I'm, I'm apologetic for that. Part of me wants to believe that. So you know what I mean, Johnny? Like, you might just not believe any of these guys. I don't believe Jim Crane because he's not even willing to admit a competitive advantage. That's outrageous. And I don't like people who insult my intelligence. I fundamentally dislike people. Politicians do it to us every day. You got to be smart enough to see when they're lying. And if they just keep lying on you, to me, I take it so personally. Would you let somebody urinate on your leg? That's what, that's what some of your politicians do to you every single day by hoping you're uneducated enough to not see their lies. Similarly, Jim Crane is hoping we're uneducated enough to not believe that the Astros had a clear-cut competitive advantage. No, I don't accept his apology because he's not really meeting us halfway. Justin Verlander, I want to believe him. You know what I mean? Like, I've followed his career for a long time. I don't like everything about him, but I, I, I like more than I dislike. And if he says, you know what, looking back, like, was there ever a time you, Johnny, or I as a younger man, I was in the midst of something that I knew was wrong, 
and maybe I didn't even participate. Like like Justin Verlander, not all Astros. In fact, some Astros hitters said specifically, I don't want to be involved in this. I actually don't even want to know what the pitcher is throwing, so leave me out. But I think all of us, haven't we? Haven't we all been somewhere, especially as a younger person, where for whatever reason, you don't want to step up into the middle of the room and say, hey, everybody, this is wrong, man. This is wrong. I think there are far more people who are willing to say, because of their moral or ethical compass, I am not doing this with you guys. I think a lot of people will draw that line. In my personal experience, the number of people who will not only say, I'm not doing this with y'all, but stand on the podium and say, what you guys are doing is wrong. And I want you to know that I know it's wrong. And I'm telling you, you shouldn't do it. And I can't stop you in every context, but, but know that what you're doing is wrong. Now, you all know me well enough to know that there's a, more than a handful of times in my life I've been that guy. But you need to be coming from a place of power, usually, or confidence to be the person who steps up in the middle of the wrongdoing and says, not only am I not doing it, you guys shouldn't do it either. If, if most of the people I know will say, I'm not going to do the wrong thing, I can't say that a majority of people I know will also be so confrontational as to stop others from their wrongdoing. And that's why I want to believe Justin Verlander. I, I get that. I should have been stronger in the moment because this was an attack on the integrity of the game. And now maybe he feels guilty. Maybe he's just tricking us. I don't, I can't, you know, again, I can't see into the guy's soul. I don't blame you for your skepticism. I just take it on a case-by-case basis where I'm laughing at Jim Crane as he insults our intelligence, and I'm laughing at some of the other players as they insult our intelligence. But my mind remains open for someone who is genuinely apologetic, and I, I think Justin Verlander may be one of those guys. 1-800-849-2761. Gary is in Wilson and next on the David Glenn Show. Uh, good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm doing great today. I have an opinion on the Astros situation. Yeah. I listened to the press conference this morning, and um, I came away from it feeling that Tim Crane is very disingenuous. He used that press conference as a way to simply reinforce his assertion that he had taken dramatic action in this case by firing the manager and general manager and thereby going beyond the realm of punishment offered by the commissioner's office. And I think it was disgraceful that they are involving Dusty Baker in these public uh, press conferences and dialogue about this. Dusty is a very respected baseball man, and I'm sorry in a way that he has been thrust in to providing managerial leadership for the Astros, and it appears to me to be a desperate ploy by Jim Crane to somehow redeem some credibility for the organization. I hear you. I appreciate you chiming in, Gary and Wilson, 1-800-849-2761. My bottom line on this stuff in life and in sports is mostly this. 
If I believe you're genuine with your apology, even if it was pretty bad stuff, I'll probably give you the benefit of the doubt. If I think it's authentic, I will forgive you and do my best to just move on, whatever it was. And there have been a few things in my life personally that were pretty harsh and took some serious willpower to accept somebody's apology and keep moving. But I'm also wired in a way that beyond this story with the Houston Astros, as we welcome more of your calls, college hoops, NBA with Rick Bennell, return of the XFL for week two, Kane's back on home ice tomorrow night, and the weird college football story, the con man, if you will, in the eyes of Drew Pearson. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us on the other side. When it comes to, I did something that I knew was wrong, and I did it on purpose, and it rises to a level of extreme. Like, have you ever seen the person in the, in the courtroom in front of the judge where there's some kind of opportunity for the family of the victim? to give a statement of some sort, sometimes with the murderer, like right there, about to be sentenced, or the rapist or whatever. I applaud the people who find it in their heart. And, of course, cheating in baseball does not equate to these things. I think I wish that would go understood without having to be said, but we live in a strange world. Of course I understand the difference between the two. I applaud the people that genuinely find the place of forgiveness. I assume that even they want to believe that it's a genuine apology from even the rapist or the killer, like a premeditated murder, you know? You did something wrong, and, you know, you didn't, you didn't have enough tread in your tires, and you skidded, and, and something horrible happened. I'm more likely to forgive that person. Yeah, I'm mad at you. You should have known those tires were no longer safe. But you didn't wake up that day intending to kill somebody that I cared about. That's a bigger thing for me to get over. The owner of the Cleveland Browns of the NFL, a guy named Jimmy Haslam, his company was caught cheating their customers by such tiny fractions in all their transactions. This is not an accident. If it was an accident, like a technical error, again, I'd be more willing to forgive you. Jimmy Haslam's company was, as a matter of design, hoping that the fractions of pennies they were stealing from you because the transactions involved so such high frequency that if I'm stealing half a penny from you in every transaction, but we have millions of transactions over time, but I'm doing it on purpose, I have a harder time forgiving that person, in part because I have a harder time believing that he's actually sorry. Is In the heat of the moment, anybody can make a mistake. You you built your company purposely on the idea that you were stealing from your own customers on purpose in fractions so small that you hoped it went undetected. The person who masterminds that on purpose scheme, and it's not killing somebody or it's not raping somebody, but you're stealing millions of dollars and you're hoping that your dishonesty is so creative that it just goes undetected. I'm going to have a hard time that person is genuinely sorry. He or she is sorry they got caught. But Jimmy Haslam, in my eyes, is a scumbag and always will be. And if you did that to me in the business world, again, on purpose, I'll forgive you for accidental stuff. I'll forgive you for a clerical error. I have had people pay me the wrong amount on accident, right? I'm not mad about that. Mistakes happen. You did it on purpose over decades, hoping the fractions were so small I wouldn't notice that you were 
essentially coming into my house, taking money that was rightfully mine, and pocketing it yourself while laughing with your cronies because nobody caught you for a while? Jimmy Haslam, owner of the Browns, is a scumbag until you see enough other things to prove otherwise. The owners of the Minnesota Vikings were caught defrauding their customers or business partners in real estate contexts. I mean, that, that doesn't happen by ap- accident. That is on-purpose fraud. We hope we get away with it. When those people apologize, man, it's like the Lance Armstrong apology. Wait a minute. I belittled, demeaned, degraded, and tried to financially ruin some of my closest friends, even though I knew they were telling the truth at the time. I mean, you're a different shade of evil if you're doing that on purpose. That's what he did. While lying about his use of PEDs as one of the world's greatest cyclists ever, while lying about it until finally he decided to admit what we all knew was the case, I'm not going to be as willing to accept as genuine the apology of someone so evil, so evil, who among us would see one of our best friends telling the truth? He knew the guy was telling the truth, and yet he called him out, he lied about him, he demeaned him, he degraded him, and he tried to ruin him financially. I don't, I don't think most of us would do that to our enemies in a dishonest way, not if they hadn't done anything wrong. He did it to his closest friends. That's a different level of evil, as is the Vikings owner case, as is the Browns owner case. I don't think this Astros case actually rises to that level of evil. I think a bunch of competitive baseball players decided to cheat on purpose. It's more like the PED scandals. It's less like this incredibly on purpose. I'm just going to rob you blind and try to be creative about it and pillage and, and hope I don't get caught. Those folks are wired in a way that I think it is incredibly unlikely that any apology later comes from a genuine or an authentic place. I don't know. Maybe that makes me a bad person. What do the psychologists always tell the people in those courtrooms? Hey, if you don't forgive that person who did this to your loved one, you're going to be carrying around anger for a long time, and it's only going to hurt you. I've always thought there's kind of a happy middle ground. No, I'm not going to forgive him if I don't think it's genuine. And I'm a pretty happy guy. It's not, I'm not going to carry around that anger. Now, get me in an alley with him, and we'll see how that goes. But... As a general concept, you know, if he's going away for life in prison, and I don't think he's authentic with his apology, I can both say, no, I don't forgive you because it's not authentic, but also not burn up my own soul the way, again, in other contexts, I think the psychologists are right. If you're going to be carrying that weight around forever, yeah, you got to let it go for your own sake more than the sake of the person who did the worst things. little life with DG today as we follow the sports headlines. Rick Bennell on all things NBA, including the All-Star Weekend. More of your phone calls on the Astros scandal, the LeBron James question, college hoops, why would I want to be NC State more than any of the others swimming upstream trying to get NCAA tournament basketball bids from the ACC? We all know Duke and Louisville and Florida State are not only in, but they're fighting for high seeds. UVA is on the right side of the bubble as the Cavaliers visit Carolina on Saturday night. John Grisham and his family in attendance. Lovers of Cavaliers and Tar Heels in that group, by the way, at the Smith Center. I'd rather be NC State than anybody else. 
outside of those top four. I'll tell you why as we take more of your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Also, how could Grandpa Drew Pearson or Colorado, which just lost coach Mel Tucker to Michigan State, as Drew Pearson is calling Mel Tucker on social media a con man, how could Mel Tucker's previous school that he just left high and dry or the moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas of the young people who just signed at Colorado and are now mad that after the coach promised he'd be their guy and wouldn't leave for anything, just flew the coop for Michigan State when the money got big enough, how could they have protected themselves? Or are they just simply out of luck? You know, tough. Nothing you can do about it. Well, there's something you can do about it. I'll elaborate as we come back to your calls. 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show. Here's LeBron James with the fall away, and he buries it. LeBron, 25 points per game on the year. James driving and smashing it. James now two boards and one assist shy of a triple-double. He's fouled here. Count the bucket. Caldwell poked to LeBron. Millsap's going to let him go, and James soars to the rim and flushes it. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. little LeBron James for you. Last night, another great game for the perennial All-Star. This weekend will be All-Star game number 16 for him. That puts him near the top of the all-time list. He'll be a team captain again. He and Giannis have already picked their teams. 32 points, 14 assists, 12 rebounds as the Lakers beat the Nuggets in Denver. It was his 12th triple-double of the season. That is tied for most of the NBA. My NBA question with Rick Bennell visiting later, where is 35-year-old LeBron James on your MVP ballot this year? Giannis is getting the most votes in all the straw polls that I have seen. That audio from the ESPN game last night. And I understand that part. His numbers are amazing. He's the best player on the team that has the best record in the NBA. So a vote for Giannis, the other team captain on the All-Star weekend, is certainly a valid vote. LeBron, I sometimes see down there at 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. You only have one vote. So if you pick Giannis again, I get it. But if you don't see LeBron as the other best candidate or one of the other at worst, I think you're missing a great story. Because the reality is, whereas Giannis's numbers are amazing and in many cases even better than LeBron's, the Milwaukee Bucks, when he leaves the floor, are still one of the most dominant teams statistically in the NBA. You can look it up. Advanced analytics and otherwise, the Bucks are still a dominant team for the minutes that Giannis spends on the bench. The Lakers are an incredibly dominant team, not quite Bucks-like, but close when LeBron is on the court. And interestingly, when he gets his rests, the Lakers' numbers suggest that they are barely an average team and probably a little bit below average. Doesn't that sound like a good definition of most valuable player? At 35 years old, he would be pulling off a true rarity. Y'all know the deal. It's not like he has stopped being great. He won the MVP award in 2009, 2010, 2012, and 2013. So there's been a gap. And usually if you go this many years, it's kind of like Tiger Woods and major golf victories. When he went that decade, as he got older and turned into his 40s, well, at some point you're like, well, if he's not going to win another major 
and part of his prime. How's he going to win another after a decade break and all those surgeries and all those injuries and all that? Well, he did. He got the green jacket at the Masters last year, proving a lot of doubters wrong who had him kind of dead and buried in a sense. Will LeBron, at 35, grab that fifth MVP award? Again, he has not missed in recent years because he has faltered as much. Maybe last year because he missed some time with injury. Giannis got his first MVP award last year. Year before that, it was James Harden getting his first. Year before that, it was Russell Westbrook getting his first. Steph Curry got back-to-back MVPs the two years prior. And it was KD getting his first back in 2014. So it's not been the lack of LeBron's greatness. It has been others stepping up in different ways. There's only one MVP each year, right? So there's only so many of those trophies to go around. LeBron already, to me, has his place in history as one of the greatest of all time. We all know that if he can add to those three NBA titles, he, and all three, remember, ended with him being the finals MVP as well. If he can add to his four MVP trophies... It's only going to make the argument better for him wherever you want to put him. Top five all time, you know, pushing Michael Jordan for number one all time. You know, that debate I'll leave for when LeBron hangs up his sneakers. But I think even his campaign this year at 35 years old, Carl Malone, one of the only guys in that age bracket ever to win NBA MVP, I think he's not getting enough respect for what is yet another spectacular season even as he is you know sort of on the downslope of his career statistically that downslope for LeBron still includes some numbers that make you wonder when when mother nature and father time are finally going to catch up with him 1-800-849-2761 Lou is in Raleigh and wants a shot at the Houston Astros or wants in on that debate quickly on the Mel Tucker Colorado situation how do you protect yourself If you're the angry Dallas Cowboys legend, Drew Pearson, who is calling Mel Tucker a con man because he sat eyeball to eyeball with Drew Pearson and said, your grandson will be playing for me. I'm not leaving Colorado. Well, soon enough, Mel Tucker got an even richer job offer from Michigan State, and just this week he accepted the job from the Spartans. So it's got to be tough. Put yourself in Drew Pearson's shoes. You're trying to defend your grandson. You asked the right question. Coach, you know, you're a hot commodity, man. You're an up-and-coming young coach. You didn't have a great year, but you had a nice year at Colorado in your first season. I know you played at Wisconsin. I know you once coached under Nick Saban at Michigan State. What if they ever have a vacancy, right? No, 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 I'm going to be your guy. I'm going to be your guy. I'm going to be your guy. And then weeks later, after your grandson has signed his national letter of intent binding him to Colorado, Mel Tucker takes off. So Drew Pearson is tweeting con man and other things. The two things you can do, number one, as a prospect, or the family probably would be more likely to advise the young man along these lines, you do not have to sign your national letter of intent. The schools do not inform you of this frequently, but you do not have to sign your letter of intent. As a guy who practiced law for 17 years and contract law was a big part of my practice, I'm telling you, a national letter of intent is one of the most one-sided documents in the area of contract law that you will ever read. It just favors the school here and there and there and there and there again. And it doesn't really favor the young man at all or young woman. You don't have to sign. Now, what the coaches will say, well, man, if you don't sign your letter, we're not really sure you're you're sure you're going to show up. That means we can't hold your spot for you. And that's how they get you to sign. 
the coach can leave at any time. The only way the school can really protect itself is to make the buyout money more expensive. If Mel Tucker, you take another job during the course of your deal to be the, co- the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes, you owe us a lot of millions of dollars. Doesn't mean he won't leave, by the way. And for anyone wondering, does American law allow you to put in a clause, you're just not allowed to leave, period. No, American law does not allow that for you or for me or in our industries or in that industry. No, you can't. We like the free flow of the economy and the workplace, right? Now, you can make it expensive to leave. You can even have a non-compete clause in a lot of contracts, including us in the media, where you're not allowed to work for a competitor, maybe as a salesperson or as an on-air person, for X number of months. If you make it too long, it'll be deemed illegal, but you can make a shorter one enforceable. Similarly, how do you protect yourself as the school? Make the buyout really, really large. Now, the agent is going to flinch if you make it too, too large because he knows Mel Tucker probably doesn't want to be at Colorado forever. But that's the only way you can protect yourself. And if you can't get that clause in there, you're in jeopardy of him leaving no matter how many times he tells you how much he wants to stay. Folks, this case had such bad optics that Mel Tucker was on three different sports radio shows this Tuesday. Today is Thursday. On three different sports radio shows reinforcing his love for Colorado and his plan to stay with the Buffaloes. That was Tuesday of this week after he had turned down an offer from Michigan State after Mark D'Antonio stepped away. So he goes to a booster fundraiser, says the same thing to them. So he's saying the same things to sports radio hosts, to the boosters, within 24 hours of changing his mind and taking the job that was a more lucrative offer, Michigan State came back to him with even more money for him, even more money for his assistant coaches. They felt their back was against the wall after Luke Fickle said no. So they just jacked up the dollar amount. Big Ten schools are among the richest in the country, given the success of the Big Ten network and some other revenue streams. I feel for Drew Pearson. I do. I wouldn't want somebody lying to me and lying to my grandson and promising to be his coach and then leaving weeks later. I'd be mad. I might call him a con man, too. I don't like people lying to my face. The only way you can protect yourself as a school is to jack up the buyout money, the price of leaving. And the only way you can protect yourself as the player or family is to just say, Coach, I'm not signing the National Letter of Intent. If my word that I'm showing up in August or whenever is not good enough for you, then I can't play at Colorado. Because I know how these rules work. Attorney David Glenn, comma, Esquire on sports radio statewide in North Carolina told me so, and I didn't even have to pay him $1,000 an hour to get that legal advice. I'm not signing a one-sided document that allows you to leave whenever the heck you want, even after you promised me you won't leave Colorado, which you did, because it's a one-sided document that's unfair to me. I'm promising you I won't change my mind, just as you're just verbally promising me you won't leave Colorado. I know the law doesn't prevent you from leaving if you change your mind a week or a day from now. I know your contract doesn't prevent you from leaving. So unless you're going to put something in writing to say you won't leave me as your coach, as my coach, I'm not signing the National Letter of Intent. Isn't that fair? I think it's fair. In the real world, of course, these young people and their families don't feel like they have that kind of leverage. And 99 times out of 100, they just sign the National Letter of Intent and cross their fingers that the coach or an assistant coach or somebody else doesn't wait until signing day, get your name on the dotted line, and then fly the coop. 
It's an unfair system. There aren't many counters, many counters to what you can do to battle that system, but those are a couple of them for better and for worse. Rick Pinnell covers the NBA and the Charlotte Hornets for the Charlotte Observer. It is going to be a fun all-star weekend in Chicago with some Kobe Bryant tributes. What the heck are the Hornets doing? No more Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, no more Marvin Williams. You need a program just to remember who's on that team. They're, of course, way out of the playoff picture. We'll talk all things basketball with Rick Bennell next on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Tonight offers the final games in the NBA before the All-Star break, including a good matchup with the Clippers visiting the Celtics. Last night, 35-year-old LeBron James had another great game in another great season for him. Lakers over the Nuggets in Denver. LeBron with yet another triple-double. He's tied for most in the NBA. All-Star weekend begins tomorrow with the Celebrity All-Star Game, among other things. The All-Star Game is on Sunday night, TNT style. Rick Bennell does great work covering these things and the Charlotte Hornets at charlotteobserver.com. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show, man. How are you? I am great, David. Uh, I'm, I'm great in part because I'm no longer in minus 11 weather in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's how I felt seeing the Eagles win the Super Bowl against the Patriots a couple years ago. That is about as cold as I have ever been in my life, and I grew up in the Philadelphia area, so that's saying something. Uh, we welcome you to warmer climates. Uh, given that we, uh, you and I and many others, celebrated Charlotte hosting the All-Star game uh, not too long ago, and I remember when the Canes hosted an NHL All-Star game. That was a blast as both a writer and as a season ticket holder what are you looking forward to personally the most this all-star weekend or what is creating the most buzz out there well you know david in, in all candor um i think the nba all-star weekend is less of a big deal on the nba calendar than it once was yeah and one of the reasons that that's the case is the trade deadline now comes before that weekend that used to be a quasi-political convention for mm. the league. Yeah. Everybody who was important had to be there because it was FaceTime with your peers. That no longer is the case. General managers have really have no reason to go. They all go scout college games this weekend. But I will tell you that my favorite thing during All-Star Weekend, frankly, it's not the game, it's Saturday night. And specifically... I really like the three-point contest. Yeah. I, I love, because people are, you know, even really great three-point shooters, they're not used to adjusting to what they have to do. The racks are a big deal. The crowd is a big deal. The fact that you're out there on the court by yourself is a big deal. I have seen tremendous pressure athletes melt down doing that man i loved that and the dunk contest in charlotte we'll see what they have in store for us in chicago i'm trying to generate more respect for the year lebron is having at 35 years old i know Giannis is the obvious alternative 
But I saw some statistics where the Bucks are still dominant even when Giannis rests, whereas the Lakers go from dominant to kind of average when LeBron is on the bench. Does he have any chance in your eyes of getting a fifth MVP award here at the age of 35? Oh, of course he has a chance. And, David, I'll tell you what I think about this. That isn't a numbers thing. It's a trust-your-eyes thing. I thought it was really smart and really cool on LeBron's um, part that early this season he let AD be the guy and picked his spot to take over games and made absolutely sure that Anthony Davis felt valued, had you know, understood what he was doing there. Um, I mean, it, it was kind of Brian said, look, for a while, why don't you pick out which bedroom you want to sleep in? <laughs> well said. Hey, Jennifer Hudson apparently is preparing a musical tribute to the late Kobe Bryant. What else do you know about the league's plans, you know, maybe beyond that? And were you aware, Rick Bennell, I mean, I never surprise you with anything on the NBA. Were, were you aware that Damian Lillard was rising in the ranks of rap artists and, and is going to perform, perhaps, uh, musically this weekend, even though as an all-star he's not physically well enough to play in the basketball game? I knew vaguely that he was a musician. You know, there are a lot of a lot of NBA players who are really interested in all that. Miles Bridges is extremely interested in music production. Um, it's their life. It's their culture. It's basically Fortnite and music. Yeah, yeah. And Damian Lillard, apparently, he's, he's working with Lil Wayne. Did I say that right? Lil Wayne? All right, I got to get the apostrophe in there somehow. I'm not a hip-hop expert. Jeremiah is from Chicago and is apparently performing with Damian Lillard again. He has a groin strain, Lillard, so he won't play in the All-Star game despite being named to the team. Uh, we are going to get a little musical dose of Damian Lillard, who would probably also be in the top five somewhere on my MVP ballot if I had one. All right, the Hornets are getting harder and harder to recognize. No more Marvin Williams. They buy him out, and he goes to the Bucks. No more Michael Kidd Gilchrist. They wave him, and he goes to the Mavericks, the last I saw. What's going on? Is, this, is there a master plan for Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak uh, that bodes well for the longer-term future? It was always the plan, and they were transparent about it, that they would be pivoting to youth this year. Um, it, it seemed to come in stages. And, David, when they got back from Paris, it was full on. The, the night that you knew that things were going to be entirely different, in Houston, um, none of the four really expensive veterans, because I, I don't really count Cody Zeller in that group. I think he's sort of in the middle zone. Yeah. Marvin, Nicholas Batum, Bismarck Biombo and MKG combined to make $70 million guaranteed this season. Not one of them took off his warm-up in Houston. Wow. And I said, okay, that says it. <laughs> so I, I, it didn't surprise me that as soon as the trade deadline was over, because unless somebody's being a complete pain in the butt, it makes no sense to do any buyouts before the trade deadline in case there's an opportunity to tuck somebody's contract into a deal. It does not surprise me that there were buyouts. And while I 
did not necessarily know that Marvin and, and MKG would get buyouts. That certainly would have been the first two candidates in the sense that of the three expiring contracts, Marvin has the most value to another team, which is why he was immediately swept up by the, by the Bucks. And MKG is the person who was most disenfranchised by the youth movement. You know, and former number two pick had only played in 12 games this season. So his desire to move on was perfectly logical and perfectly predictable. His name is Rick Bennell. Find his work in the pages of the Charlotte Observer. Also, of course, the website, charlotteobserver.com. On Twitter, he is a fun and informative follow as well. Rick underscore Bennell. Sorry I got to you a little bit later than I originally intended, but I always appreciate your time here on the David Glenn Show. Of course, David. You have a great day. Right back at you. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. I don't want those damn Dukies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by 100. You're in fantasy land if you ever think MC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Appreciate Wes Durham and Rick Bennell dropping by. A lot of great calls as well. Charles Hadley in for the on assignment Darren Vaught. I believe Darren has a high point basketball game tonight. Those are among your TV picks as well. Great work by intern Will. Speaking of those TV picks, little hockey. No Canes until tomorrow night, remember. They're finally home after that four-game road trip. They get the Devils tomorrow night, Edmonton on Sunday. I may see you Sunday at PNC Arena. And we're going to announce our grand prize winner in the annual Canes with DG contest as a part of tomorrow's free-for-all Friday edition of the program. So be with us for all the usual fun and festivities tomorrow. We appreciate whatever chunk of the noon to three time slot you can join us. TV tonight beyond hockey elsewhere. Duel at Daytona, one of the ramp ups to the Daytona 500. Memphis, Cincinnati, and Colorado, Oregon, the latter matching top 25 college basketball teams, both of them on ESPN this evening. Clippers, Celtics. Tonight is the last night of regular season NBA hoops until after the All Star break. Clippers Celtics on TNT at 8 o'clock is about as good as it gets. And remember, we had Wolfpack women's coach Wes Moore, just a phenomenal coach with a phenomenal team. The number four Wolfpack hosts Louisville tonight. It's at Reynolds Coliseum, if you can get there in person. ACC Network at 8, the best that women's hoops has to offer. Enjoy those games. We'll see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.